Hey, are you a melody writer considering writing with a lyricist? Here is what you need to know about writing with a lyricist. Take it away, Johnny. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need to get ahead. You've got to do this for yourself. The good news is you don't need anybody's permission to be a writer and to be a successful artist, but you do have to do it yourself. You've got to create the revenue. You can record it, you can work it, you can tour it, you can do everything on your own, show them what you're made of, show them you can make money, and then the people are going to come out of the woodwork to offer you the label deal, the booking deal, the management deal, the publishing deal, all that stuff that you want. That's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxteronym from my good <laughs> friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones last year as well on gospel, right? Yeah, Southern gospel. Southern gospel. And what I love about Brent is he helps writers like you. He reveals how to turn pro by teaching you how to write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he is going to get you in front of the pros and introduce you to the pros and give you an opportunity to make a relationship. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. That's right. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but yeah, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's happening? Hello. The sun is shining and life is good. Life is good, man. It's a good day. How you doing? That's right. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What are we going to learn today? Well, this stems from a conversation I had with one of my Songwriting Pro interns, Connor Shaw. He's a student at Belmont. And, you know, we're having our Zoom, our weekly Zoom meeting. He's doing research for me and all this stuff. And uh, he's a cool dude. He does great work. So shout out, Connor. And then at the end of it, I always try to do like a Q&A, like, hey, what questions do you have for me? Because, you know, with interns, I want them to learn, right? It's not just a one-way street. Right. And so he's, he's a songwriter as well. He's like, I've been hit up by some people to co-write, which is great, you know. A lot of them are lyricists. He goes, you're a lyricist. What should I know, like, going into a co-write with a lyricist? And so we just talked about it for a little while, and I was like, ah, that should be on the podcast. So that's uh, show right since it's fresh in my mind, that was just this morning at the time of recording. So I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's go ahead and dive into that. That's too good not to share. You know, if he has a question, other people probably have a question. So let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, before we get into that, let's take care of a little business here. We are very proud to be a part of one of the flagship shows on the American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network, ASPN. Mm-hmm. And if you have been a climber long before we got to ASPN and then go check out some of the other shows. The good stuff on there. If you found us through ASPN, welcome to the climb. That's right. Okay. Um, we love that. And join the climb community. 
if you've ever been in kind of a Facebook group before, there's a lot of ghost towns out yeah. there. There's a lot of people shouting into the corner. They've, you know, 300,000 members and nobody's saying anything. Except, check out my song, new single drops, hit me up, follow me, buy my stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Was that a spam group? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like spammers are us. But hey, the Klon community here, it grows every single day. It's very vibrant. We have singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians. They're hooking up on co-writes. They're talking to one another, sharing marketing tricks and wins and stuff like this. This is just a this is a cool, cool hang, man. It's a cool place to be. Brett and I are trying to post in there often, like different things that we're thinking about and what we're doing. I post a lot of just music news stuff in there. And sometimes if I find just a cool music thing, that I find online a video and post that in there. Like, check this out. This will make your day. Right. And we want to see you in there. So join the client community. Yes, right. I just want to send a shout out to uh, Frank DeCenzo. I think it's how you say it, Frank DeCenzo. He's a lyricist. He joined the client community recently. And he's just been great about posting. He posted a thing about genius.com. He likes to share helpful information, you know. And so uh, oh, he gives his opinion on stuff. So he's just been a fairly new member, but active. And I just appreciate that when Johnny and I aren't the only ones sharing links and resources and stuff. And also, we welcome your questions. Uh, so if you have a question, hit us up in there. I'm definitely happy anytime I see a post that's not by me or Johnny. it's not a a, you know that's not a spam (laughs) thing and we have places for you to share your music we want to hear your music Uh, we also have a place to share your wins which is what i'm going to share right now we have uh, new heights drops every wednesday it's a place in the comments we want to hear your wins we want to celebrate with you and so let's just look through here Let's see. uh, Roger Fournier said, well, last week I posted, I wrote a new song and sent to NSCI for evaluation. This is my process to let the pros help. So evaluation came back pretty good as I got to rewrite and put the girl in it. So he goes, I knew this, LOL. Always better with the girl in the song. So anyway, he just posted some of his response from NSAI. They do song evaluations and written ones. So he shared part of that, but he felt he got good feedback and that was a win for me. He rewrote it and made it better. So awesome. Uh, Kathy Wallace Climber says, I had a song I co-wrote get picked up by two different publishers who want to quote unquote run with it for six to 12 months. That's a yes, no matter what happens. So congratulations, Kathy. She's active. I love that. She's an active song pro and climber and she's writing. Uh, Let's see this dude. Brent here says, blessed to see Hallelujah Homecoming nominated for Country Root Single of the Year by the Absolutely Gospel Awards. So congratulations. Hey, I got a friend named Brent who wrote a song called Hallelujah Homecoming. That's crazy. Why is that guy trying to steal your identity? (laughs) Make me wonder. (laughs) Congratulations. So it's nice to be nominated. Hey, I got a couple wins. I haven't posted them in there. Yeah, tell. I need to post them in the New Heights, but I've befriended a new cinematographer, a new filmmaker mm-hmm. that just moved to town. Her name is Angela Shelton. She's produced and written a couple movies and a pretty compelling documentary, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. She was on Oprah for that. Wow. They just bought a recording studio here in town, and I think it was... Uh, with Ray Hamilton from Sound mm-hmm. Placement Pros that got us together. So we'd just been hanging out, and... She has a cooking show, like a real edgy cooking show that they're shooting it right now as we are recording this at Randy Travis's kitchen out in Ashland City. And I got three artists on that show, which is pretty cool. So I got Nick DeLeo, I got Nick Hickman, and I got Craig Gertis on that show. All artists that I've worked with in the past or I'm working with now. So that's super cool. So I'll put some pictures up there with her. She did send me a picture of her and Nick DeLeo. I think 
I think maybe the other artists are today. So I'll probably get some more pictures from them mm-hmm. at that point. But super cool. cool. Well, I love it that your win is a win for your artist. Is Cody wins for your artist? So tells yeah, me a lot about that's, you, that's Johnny. What we're doing. It tells me a lot about you. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's like I'm helping. I'm helping people. <laughs> So listen, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And speaking of subscribing, we've got a new rating and review, Mm -hmm. which is from Six String Poet. And this says, um, let's see here. It says more than a podcast. Five-star rating, Mm -hmm. by the way. Thank you, Six String Poet. The Climb is much more than a podcast, but rather a community of like-minded and musically passion-driven people. The content is spot on with real-life applications presented in a conversational manner between two friends sitting at a table grabbing lunch. We got to do that one time. Just grab lunch and have a chewing. That'd be awesome. That's right. <laughs> I always learn something and find myself laughing at some point, which keeps me engaged. I'm proud to be a climber. Oh, we're All proud right. you're a climber, six-string poet. Thank you. Heck yeah. That's awesome. So leave a rating and review. We're trying to get to 200 before ratings and reviews disappear. I don't know if they will. And like, <laughs> we just want to get to 200. Um, and then finally, tell a friend about it. That's the best thing that you can do. You know, if it comes from us, we talk about how cool it is and how much it can help. It's 50% true. But if it comes from you, if you're giving us 30 minutes to an hour of your time once a week, that's we're so grateful oh, for yeah. that. But man, sh- Share that. Share that with somebody else. Let them know why. How is it that we get people that are proud to be climbers? Like, tell a friend about it. You know, here's the deal. We got a reputation. We're trying to spread it around. Say, let's put it this way: in a world where everybody's getting canceled for everything, why don't you do some programming? Help program, right? Something positive into the world. <laughs> the climb. That's right. right. There I'll we go. Canceled for that. All right, All right, so how, what are we going to do here with lyricists? Yeah, so Connor, uh, just catch up. You know, he's he's one of my interns this semester. He's awesome. He's knocking it out of the park. And so he asked me, okay, I'm a songwriter. Some lyricists have hit me up about writing, which is cool. And I want to give that a shot. But wh- what should I be prepared for? I've never written with a lyricist before. And so I'm just going to kind of relay part of our conversation, some of the stuff, you know, I thought it was an excellent point. I hadn't really thought about it from that angle. I thought about plenty of like a lyricist, how to prepare for writing with a co-writer who writes melody, because that's my situation. But let's, let's turn it on its head a little bit. And, and so what I want to do, you know, maybe you're just a melody writer or that's your strength or you write lyric and melody, which most people write both. Okay, you got a day on the books with a lyricist. You're like, okay, how's this going to work? I'm used to like if I co-write, it's two of us on guitar or guitar and piano. You know, we're jamming. How does it work with somebody in a room that just brings in like a notebook or a laptop? And who's that funny guy in the corner with the notebook? Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Like, well, that's that's different. You know, so I want to I want to make you a little more prepared, a little more comfortable because that's going to help out my lyricist buddies and you. And it's funny hearing that question because it confirms something I've said before, which is I've given advice to lyricists. Keep this in mind. They're just as scared of you as you are of them. Right? (laughs) That's funny. To me, it's magic how people have melodies in their heads because I don't sing worth a flip and I'm I'm not a melody person worth a flip. Like It's magic to me. I love it. Like watching it happen. It's amazing and it's magical and it's awesome. You know, so I have mad respect for my melody writers, Uh, but I don't, uh, how do you do that? You know, but it's, but I've also found that it kind of can freak them out going, you you just don't hear like melody. Like you don't write because it's so natural to them. I'm like, no man, the other half of my brain instead of being full of melodies full like spreadsheets and 
business ideas, right? So where right. yours is full of lyric and melody is like lyric and spreadsheets. So that's the first thing is, man, everybody's freaked out by everybody. It's a different situation. And so I have some grace and, and know that it runs both ways. Both sides can be uncomfortable going into this situation. So that's part of it. Just they're scared of you as you are of them. Love it. Yeah. So there are different ranges of what could be coming through your door. Okay. So if you've never written with the lyricist before, there can be a vast difference between what a brand newbie doesn't know what they're doing, lyricist brings in and what someone like myself would bring in. Right. So let's start at the mm-hmm. beginning. They may bring in a poem, like set up like a poem, no song structure, weird rhymes. Cause you know, Connor said, yeah, some people have shown me some lyrics before. And I can't even really tell it's a, a lyric, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's a poem. It, it feels like a poem and basically no discernible song structure in there. So that's like the kind of worst case. The other worst case is if they're not very open to changing things. So we're going to start at the bad end and then we're going to talk about the good stuff that can happen. Right. So I want to prepare you for start the foundation. And he said he's talked to some other people who he's like, oh, is it cool to move some stuff around for melody? And they're like, what? So when I started out, you know, lyricist. And I would show a melody to, or a lyric to my buddy, Tim, who's my only co-writer back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was more clingy to the lyric I would bring in. A lot of times it'd be like a full lyric. Kind of prideful of it, right? Kind of, well, like, I worked on this. I would shit on this. This is this is a lyric. Make it sing, singer boy. Let's work it out. <laughs> chop, chop. Time is money. Because <laughs> I gave, yeah, I gave much more prominence to the lyric because I'm a lyric first guy. It makes sense. I'm a lyricist. When I listen to songs, I'm honing in on the lyric, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not educated on the musical side of things. And that's not my primary jam, especially more so back then than now. I'm more balanced now. And so I didn't realize the importance of the melody. You know, I mean, yeah, it matters, but no, dude, it matters. If you want to go pro, if you want to get cuts, if you want to be commercially competitive, melody matters huge. Yeah. And so that clinging on to it, no, this is my lyric. I, I don't want it changed up. Just put a melody on it. That can come from arrogance, right? Of, well, I'm awesome and you don't need to change my words. My words are, they're right. You just find a way to make it sing. And trust me, my, my words will carry us. Or any old melody works, which is not true. And it's not respectful of your co-writer. So it could come from arrogance or it could come from lack of self-confidence. It could come from the other direction. Arrogance and lack of self-esteem or whatever, they can come out looking the same oftentimes. And so maybe they're like, well, I've worked on this really hard. I'm kind of scared to get in the room. And now all of a sudden we got to start changing stuff up on the fly. And maybe I'm going to fall on my face. Right. Like I'm going to have to perform live in front of my co-writer and pull some stuff out. And maybe that's not easy for me to do. I'm not confident that that's going to be able to happen. So keep it the way it is, because I like how it is. And once it gets out of that kind of controlled environment and we're, you know, no guarantees. So that could be part of it as well. So there could be different reasons for that. The way I look at it now is I bring everything in and I may bring in a full lyric, but I call it a scratch lyric. Like a scratch vocal is like a guideline. All right, that's a scratch. Now, I may be flattened, sharp in some spots, a little out of pocket, but it's basically to get the vibe right, and then we'll hone in and do the the final vocal, right? There's where you polish it, you get it just right, you may change up some melody stuff. So I call it a scratch lyric. 
which means it's all on the table. It's all on the cutting board. But what it's supposed to do is give you the vibe and the idea of where we're going with this. You know, the twists and turns, it maps it out. You get the vision of what this could be. But you know what? I'm totally open to shuffling stuff around, to changing lines for the sake of melody. Because again, mad respect for the melody. If it doesn't sing, it won't get sung. Yeah. Hold on. Let me jump in for a second here. So first of all, let's not forget this part. You're playing in the sandbox. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've written with people like that before where they're just rigid, unflexible, you know, no, that won't work. And it's not a hit songwriter. Right. So I don't know if you're right or not. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. It's a sandbox. You know, what if you just try it? Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. Maybe you'll be like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. So when I'm producing, I have an idea of what I want to hear on that track. And then sometimes, and this this happens often, right? Where sometimes, this happened with um, uh, one of the Neil Schuyler songs. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, I think was the song. And I thought, here's what this is going to sound like in my head. This is what we're going to do. And while everybody's getting tuned up and we're getting ready to put the spaghetti in the machine, all of a sudden the guitar player starts doing this crazy thing with this delay thing. And it was just not at all what I had in mind. Uh-huh. The opposite of what I had in mind. But I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then just him, before the band even started, just – messing around with that pedal Mm -hmm. right and this little line this delay thing and and this line that he had all of a sudden set the tone for the track Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden everybody just like oh everybody felt the same way i did that's cool so all of a sudden the bass starts you know hey i'm i could do this and that would work and then the drummer's like yeah we and next thing you know that just happened out of nowhere We didn't get to the part where we were given any direction yet on what we wanted to do, but it's kind of like one of those moments where you remember when we talked about that article about people who are lucky or generally feel unlucky and they went into this test and the administer gives everybody a newspaper and they're getting paid. This is back in the thirties. They're getting paid like 250 bucks to come into this test, which is a lot of yeah. money. And they said, count all the pictures, all the images in the newspaper, and then tell us what that number is. And then you turn to the second page and there's like a big half page or quarter page ad that's black and white with big block letters that says there are 19 images in this newspaper. Go tell the testing guy that and collect your $250. Yeah. But it wasn't an image. Yeah. And so the people that generally felt lucky figured out how many images there were in, in less than five seconds yeah. and walked up and got their money. And the ones that generally felt unlucky took three or four minutes, double, triple counted everything. And then went, why? Because they're only looking for this one thing and they're not keeping their eyes open, you know? So you got to go into this sandbox kind of thing. And it's kind of like what we talk about with different, like screwing around with songs. Uh-huh. Like what if you take that ballad that you write because you write mostly ballads and you put some tempo yeah. to it? Mm-hmm. What would happen? Why, why is that forsaking the ballad? Right. You've got the ballad. And what if you have a different version? Like, what if you have five different versions of it? Who cares? Yeah, you're playing with house money. Like, yeah. So sometimes I'll do that when I got a vocalist in the booth and we're trying to cop that book. Well, we got something that's money, but I know they're on a roll. Uh-huh. So it's like you just said house money. So be like, hey, let's do that again. Just because I wonder if you can beat it. Like, well, this is amazing but you're on a roll right now. And so then they feel like the safety thing, yeah. right? Okay, I've already hit the home run. So it doesn't matter if I win or lose here and they'll try different things. And 
it's just the wonderment of the experimentation. And you crap all over that if you're going to be a rigid, no, it has to be like this. Right, yeah. There's a thousand ways to say mm -hmm. something. The same thing, a thousand ways. And so you just have to kind of be open to playing around with it and let that creative river, the combined energy of everybody in the room kind of take you somewhere. Yeah, and, and the same. You know, don't, don't even block in it like a beaver. Yeah, which, right? you know, like, we're kind of aiming this at the lyricist saying, don't be so totally rigid. And the same goes through the melody uh, person if you come in with the melody. Yeah. But the lyric yeah. is banging. And you're like, oh, if it's, and if it, it's, oh, hey, it's all right. Change some stuff up on the fly. Maybe it does need to change a little bit for what they're saying because what they're saying is, so worth it. Yeah. So both parties need to be willing to compromise and yet be uncompromising, right? We can compromise yeah. what I brought in, what you brought in, but we can't compromise for the sake of the song. We have to be uncompromising in our pursuit of excellence. And I don't care whose yeah. babies and, we and, have and, to kill, my babies that I brought in, your babies or whatever. We're uncompromising on the quality of the song. It doesn't matter who gets credit, right? Yeah, and maybe, like, save the suspense, right? Let me save you the suspense. Maybe it's not going to work. Maybe you're right. Right. So what? You let it happen, right? So it's not about being right in right. the room. But it's about, okay, so you kind of go down that road, and maybe that mistake that you see very clearly that the other person doesn't leads to something yeah. else. <laughs> Where it can be like, oh, hey, hold on a second. I mean, what would that track, what would Neil Schuyler's track sound like if I'm like, no. We don't want any delayed guitar yeah, Because on I have my notes, and I'm not going off script because yeah. I don't ad-lib. Some actors can ad-lib, some <laughs> can't. That's right. And so it's sometimes like, I mean, you have to go in there with a plan. You have to go in there with a yes. vision of what you want. But you also have to be open to turning to page two and seeing the block letters that say, here's what's really going to happen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's totally like, wow, that was neat. Okay, tell you what, let's just see where this goes. And damned if it didn't turn out killer mm -hmm. anyway that's my thought I like play in the sandbox that's right so uh kind of backtracking a little bit so if they come in with uh, this poem you may have to do some education which means you need to know your stuff to be able to teach it if you get stuck in the room with maybe a hapless lyricist who maybe has some talent some good ideas but they don't have the structure yet you may have to explain some of that stuff you know try to do that with grace just like i would hope they would do for you if it's reversed so you may have to talk a little bit about song structure, rhyme scheme, that kind of stuff. Like, hey, you know, the rhyme scheme really needs to be the same on the second verse as it is on the first verse, because otherwise it's going to make the melody feel off if we don't rhyme in the same places. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind 
and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's going to feel like two different songs. Exactly. It's yeah. not going to work. Not every writer knows that, much less lyricist. Just because they're, say they're lyricist doesn't mean they have it all down. Because nobody starts off having it all down. So you might have to be prepared to do a little bit of gracious. You get kind of leading on structure and some of that stuff, which can be a great benefit to them. And they may get on a roll and they learn and they get much better. And then you're really glad you're working together. So there's that. But yeah, just... You may want to explain on the front end and feel them out too. Hey, you know what? In my experience working with lyrics, sometimes the lyric has to change for the sake of the melody, just for singability, that kind of stuff. Do you like to bring in a full lyric? How open are you to change? And based on their response, you may kind of gauge like, how much do I want to get in the room with this person? That could be a red flag about, mm, no. Like you get the vibe of like, I don't like change. It's probably not going to be a good collaborator. Mm-hmm. So that that's a little testing question for that. Collaborator is the key word. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Nobody's in charge. The song is in charge. We're both serving the song. And hopefully, if they know what they're doing, they're bringing in something that's well-structured, that has a nice rhythm to it. And so a little piece of advice for melody writers, have the lyricist read, like if they bring in something, some may just bring in a title and just want to write it from scratch, but they'll just kind of take a lead on the lyric, which is cool, because that way you have free reign on the on the melody. You've been bouncing off them. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And they're not locked into anything, which is awesome when that happens. It's probably a lot easier for you. But if they bring something in, like a chorus lyric or a whole lyric or verse lyric, whatever it is, have them read it out loud, because... There's going to be a rhythm, hopefully, right? Hopefully there's going to be a rhythm and a prosody kind of thing of how they read it out loud. And if they're stumbling over it, uh uh-oh, it's probably time to go back to the drawing board. They can't even read their own work without stumbling over it. The odds of you being able to sing it, not very good, right? But just have them read it out loud. That'll give you a sense of what syllables they're emphasizing, kind of where the natural beats and the rhythm of it is. It could be a shortcut to understanding kind of where their head's at. Mm. So they don't have to sing it. Just read it out loud. Read that again. You know, and there's that thing about you kind of sing like you talk or whatever the natural rhythms, then it can help give you some clues of kind of what the vibe might be, the melody might be. So that's a little hack for you. Have them read it out loud. Plus that way they have to talk more. (laughs) And it's not just you. Um, The other thing is don't be scared to ask for a little bit of space. Like one thing I try to do to put my co-writers at ease is not look over their shoulder. Like if I bring in a scratch lyric, bring in a whole verse and chorus and everything, I'm like, okay, here's this thing. First of all, I preface, hey, this is scratch, all right? So I want this to have a killer melody. So if we need to change some stuff up for the sake of the melody, you know, add a couple syllables, shorten the lines, lengthen them, have a different, I'm all about it because I want to sound as good as what it's talking about. And I have confidence that we can make the lyric work, but I really want to give you as much latitude on the melody as possible. Right. So that's a thing to you. Hopefully they'll say that. If not, you know, talk to them about, Hey, can we change some stuff up? Whatever. But I don't want to sit over their shoulders and stare at them while they're trying to come up with the melody. Cause that's a lot of pressure 
it can feel like a lot of pressure on the melody writer. If somebody shows up, they hand you a page and they're like, okay, what does this sound like? I, I don't know. And you're just going to stare at me <laughs> while I'm trying to figure this yeah. out. I didn't get to stare at you while you were typing. That's right. <laughs> and so don't be scared to say, hey, is it cool if I just kind of, I'm just going to noodle around. All right. So none of this is, I'm just digging. I'm just digging. All right. That's cool. Go grab a coffee if you want to. You know, if you need that, you want to go grab a coffee and, and be honest about that. Let me find a little groove first without you staring at me. Just be honest about that. Yeah. And so what I'll do, if I'm in the room, yeah, I may, I, I try not to appear like I'm staring over their shoulder. I want it to be a safe space where they can create and feel like they can try something and make a mistake. And I'm not just in there going, whoa, 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 what was that? No, 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 no. I don't want to shut them down. I want to open them up. So I, you know, I'll just be kind of working on my laptop and maybe thinking about some other lyric and just kind of fine tooth combing kind of what I already have there and basically just not staring at them. And so oftentimes, you know, somebody go, hey, what's uh, what do you think about that? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was in lyric land. Can you play that again? Because I'm really kind of only half listening because I don't mm-hmm. I want to let them lead and find something they, they dig with. So I'm like, just you tell me if there's something you want me to hear. Other than that, I'm just letting you kind of vibe. And so don't be afraid to ask them for a little bit of space if that's what you need. Communication solves a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like prefacing. I'm just going to do some digging. I'm going to try some different stuff. We'll, we'll just, just figure it out. You had a head start on me. The block. <laughs> Another thing is to ask them, which will probably come pretty natural, but hey, did you have a vibe in mind? Did you have any sort of melody? Did you have a song that kind of informed this a little bit? Like, oh, I was listening to Eric Church's Springsteen. And that's kind of what I was vibing with. You know, it's the structure's different. It's not right on top of it. it's a different idea, but that's kind of the kind of what I was vibing to. Okay, okay. You know, it may give you a sense of like, oh, okay, it could be this kind of thing. That's helpful too. So don't be afraid to do a little detective work. You know, you start off with a world of possibilities. Ballad, tempo, reggae, hip hop, pop country. Like where we, let's start down this end because it's like the uh, the tyranny of choice. You have too many choices. As let's start narrowing down. Okay, did you, were you vibing to something? Who Who's the kind of artist you think would say what you're saying here? Okay. It may give you some ideas to kind of get that ball rolling, kind of put some walls around you a little bit in a good way. You know, some structure is helpful because it helps me write lyrics if I'm thinking what kind of vibe, what kind of artist, what kind of lane. So I start getting a voice for the character and you got to find a musical voice too. Uh, so hopefully all this is making sense. I have no notes for this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's making sense to me. I mean, yeah, you just kind of, I, I never thought about it being two different animals in the same mm-hmm. room. Yeah. Uh, air assist and a, and a melody. Yeah. So uh, a lot of this is kind of just the flip side of being a lyricist. Hey, give them some space and trying to find the vibe and giving respect to the lyric, just like the lyricist hopefully will give crazy respect to the melody. And so also, you know, it helps to have some ideas like you bring in your homework. You might be expecting the lyricist to come in with some, at least some titles, some ideas. You do your homework too. get a couple chord progressions going. If you have some bits and pieces of melody, do your homework there. So you, you bring something to the potluck. You want to bring a good dish. You want the lyricist to bring yeah. a dish and you want <laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to work together. I mean, that's beautiful when every once in a while, just the other day I was writing with some guys and I was like, okay, I got this lyric, but it gave you the sense of, okay, this is what this is about. Okay. This is the vision. I'm like, I'm thinking of this kind of thing, you know, this kind of vibe. And one of the other writers like, well, you know, I was working on this melody thing with a different idea, but I like your idea better. Like, how about this kind of vibe? So he'd been doing some homework prepping 
And so we end up kind of sticking my lyrical start with the melodic thing, you know, from this other song that he was just woodshedding on, you know, like prepping to bring in. And that gave us the, the basic framework. And then we, you know, off to the races. So that's part of it too, is you come in with some ideas. Yeah. So everyone could bring some, to, man, bring it, bring a casserole, you know? So I got a question. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about what you said at the beginning of this show, which was, you were talking about like a scratch. Mm-hmm. So explain that a little bit more. What do you mean by it? Like sometimes when I would write, I'm working on the mm-hmm. melody that I want to do. And so I'm singing gibberish. Yeah. That's the scratch. Like, it's just like, I'm just trying to find a rhythm mm-hmm. and yeah, what feels trying to find a melody sounds like, like, oh, the O sounds go here. They sound good here, but I'm not really singing Legos. I'm just going to sing something else. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that what you mean by uh, that? So for me, it's, it'll say if I have a full lyric, full scratch lyric, it's, it's getting the map together, the blueprint where I like it going, okay, this is the information we're going to reveal in the first verse. This is what the chorus does. This is what the second verse does. And maybe a bridge if we have one. So this is the map. The ground we need to cover in the first verse is here. So it leads in and sets up that course effectively. Same thing for the second verse to set up that second course. So it helps keep us out of second verse hell. Like we have an idea, you know, of like, oh, you're at the first right. verse of course. You're like, I have no idea what to do next. Sometimes that happens if we, you know, if an idea comes up in the room or somebody else brings an idea and that we decide to work on. But when I bring stuff in, generally, that's not the issue. I try to overcome that before I bring it in, just because I like to have that confidence. I have enough ideas. I don't have to bring in ones I haven't figured out yet. It can be a hard hurdle, you know, because you're like, this first chorus, this first verse is so cool. How are we going to beat it? Yeah. (laughs) In the second. Right. Or what needs to be said? What is there anything else left to say? Like, I have enough ideas. I don't have to bring in one that still has those big questions unanswered. I'll just bring in the ones that I like that already have those questions answered. And it may not be the right answer, but at least I'm confident we got something. Sometimes we still find a different way. Uh, So the scratch means, you know, it's got structure, it's got a rhyme scheme, it has a general like phrasing. I could read it out and it's going to have a bounce to it. I could read it to you. But however, the third line of the first verse and the third line of the second verse might not quite have the same syllable count, not, might not quite have the same rhythm, but it generally says what I want it to say. And so it's like, okay, Got I know it. that you're not just going to be able to sing this all the way down because the phrasing of the whole thing may change, but it's more like getting the thoughts right okay, and getting some general rhythm in, but it's not 100% locked in. That's how I do it. That's what it is for me. It's mostly there because, you know, because it's nice. You bring this in and people are like, well, that's done. I'm like, it's scratch. We can beat it. Like, dude, your scratch is fire. It's, yeah, that's good. I want to start there and then go better, right? (laughs) Because that's, I'm a specialist. Yeah. I really need to to knock it out. So that just comes from doing it a lot. Like I get my rhythms kind of locked in, but then, hey, let's change it. That different melody is killer and bring something special to it. Okay, well, let's change it up. Let's change up how we say it. That's fine. We can do that. That's my job. And also like having sounds that sound good in different places. Like, well, we may need an O sound here instead of an E sound. Because with this melody, we may need to change this rhyme here just because that note's going to sing really well. And again, if it doesn't sing, it won't get sung. Let's find something that's really good to sing there. So I know that things like that may change. 
So I try to hold it with an open hand. Sure. And not put words at the end of lines for rhymes that are just like, oh, that's, I don't know if that's going to sing well. Right. And even though I'm not a singer, I've been doing this long enough in rooms with singers, you get a sense of, and listening to tons of songs, you get a sense of kind of what sings well, what doesn't, that sort of thing. So for Melody, it's get them to read the lyric, get them to see if they can give you some vibe tracks, some reference tracks on what they're thinking. Because if you start running down a, a road that's completely not what they had in mind, it could be great. But if they're not on that kind of journey with you to get there, they may be like, oh, but I'm still thinking this totally George Strait thing and you're taking it Florida Georgia line. I, I haven't caught up yet. So I'm resisting that. Well, talk to him. Talk to him. Oh, it's George Strait kind of thing. Okay. But, you know, I'm also thinking, have you thought about this? It could be like this FGL kind of thing and just communicating and, and trying some different stuff. Just like the lyricist isn't in charge, even if they're working off something they brought in, you're not in charge either. And you want to take the journey together. <laughs> my, uh, my daughter, Hazel, Hurricane Hazel, she can get into the fridge now. She's big enough. She can open that fridge door and she'll start rummaging through for st- some stuff. And Funny. I don't do a great job sometimes of, no, we're putting this back in there because I'm about to fix your dinner or we're going to get you something else or whatever. Sometimes I'm just, you know, because I got a bunch of kids running around busy or whatever and just take, no, no, put, take it, put it up. And she gets upset and it was like, you need to explain it to her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget because she doesn't really talk back. She's not very verbal, but she listens and she understands. I need to do a better job of explaining what's going on. So she's not it's like, daddy's taking food away from me. And I like to feed my face. Uh, so as a melody writer, you want to do that too. Like, okay, well, here's what I'm thinking. And well, here's why I think that might not work. And not just be like, mm, no. Yeah, explain. Do some teaching too. Just that way they understand like, okay, this may be why this doesn't work here. Because that sound doesn't sing well. And you want it to sing well. So people enjoy singing it. That's that kind of stuff. So a lot of it is just communication. Because just remember, you have the curse of knowledge. You understand music. And the lyricist may not. And so what you kind of take for granted, why, oh, that doesn't work, because they have 85 syllables in that line, but this corresponding line in the first verse has four, that that's not going to work. You can kind of explain that a little bit. It's like, well, with those syllable counts and the bouncing, it's not even really syllables. It's about just phrasing. They can have different number of syllables, but it's how it phrases and sits in there that, you know, that's just not going to work. Let's work on paring this down to something that's more singable. So a lot of it's just communication. Yeah, and not to beat the dead horse, but it's from the the lyricist's point of view, if you're a lyricist, like you're a lyricist where you don't sing and melody is magic, let them understand too when they're saying something to you like that. Like, okay, this, I I can't make it work, or I can't make it roll off the tongue real Mm -hmm. good. So we got to change it a little bit here or there because it doesn't sort of, doesn't feel right. Yeah. And so for the lyricists, their responsibility is trusting the musician to know their business. And for the musician, it's maybe just doing some of that explaining that you think is obvious, but may not be obvious to someone who's not musical. So in a way, just feel free to over explain, <laughs> you know, dumb it down. Speak lyricists, right. please. I don't speak a your language. <laughs> I go to the four to the five minor. I, uh, sure. I don't know what that means. Right. I don't do math. Well, that means. Sounds yeah, great. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because I don't know what you're talking about and I don't want to feel stupid. So feel free to kind of over explain and then get a sense of them, what they know, what they don't know. Um, but I think that's really the big stuff. 
and I, I've probably missed some stuff because I am not a melody writer. So there may be some big obvious things I'm missing. So, hey, hit us up in the climb community when we post this. Add your stuff. Add your stuff in the comments because I, I would love to hear that too. And we just want to help each other to have better co-writes. That's right. And get better songs and have a better experience. And if you have any other hacks like that, let us know. Uh, but the big thing is be flexible and communicate and just try to serve the song. Uh, so that goes for whether you're the melody writer, you're top line, or you're a lyricist, whatever that is. We want to serve the song, not our own interest. Because if we serve the song, then our own interest will be taken care of. You get that for free if you serve the song, not your percentage of the song or being able to say, well, that's 100% my lyric. Who cares if 100% people hate it right? or nobody hears it? I'd rather be like, I was just lucky to be in the room that day and it was a hit than, well, yes, that's all me. What song is that again? No, I never heard of it. That doesn't serve your interest. You serve the song, everybody wins. I think it was Reagan that said, and he probably got from somewhere, but it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Yeah. And that's collaboration. That's being a good co-writer, good collaborator, good creative. It's like, hey, man, as long as the song wins, dude, we all win. That's all that matters. That's part of what's beautiful about Nashville doing standard even splits on co-writes. We're not like, well, I brought in the lyric and you brought in the melody. That's why it's 50-50. But I brought in the lyric and then we rewrote the lyric And so therefore you got 50% because it's your melody and you got another 25% because that's probably how much of the lyric you did. So now you have 75% of the song and I have 25. No. How do they, how do they freaking figure that out anywhere else outside of Nashville? Like leverage. He's the artist. He can basically pick his percentage. And after that, I don't know whoever has the most leverage. It probably cascades down from there. I mean, some of those songs in LA and stuff, they got like 10 writers on like, yeah, and how do they do that? Like some some of those damn songs that come from LA, like some of those Beyonce songs. Don't get me wrong, I love Beyonce; she's yeah, a great artist. But the, it, I don't think they got ten words in the yeah. song. Ten different words. It's baby, 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 baby. Right. And there's ten different writers, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, I, I don't know how that works. It works for them. God bless them. And obviously, the the fans love it, so it, it it's working. So it's not a comment on the music, but how do you split that up? That's why I love I don't have to think about it. Yeah. It's just even splits, dude. And to me, it, a moral hazard, you know, is when a situation is set up that kind of tempts you to do things that aren't moral. So it, it removes that moral hazard. It takes off the table me wondering, are you fighting for your line because you think it's the best line or are you fighting for your percentage? Right. It takes it off the table. That's never a concern. You may have just pride. Yeah. I wrote that line. That can always still be a thing, right? But as far as the money stuff, no, dude, it's going to be even. And so it helps you just focus on, let's just make the song great. I don't care who wrote the line. And you can't really figure that up anyway because, well, yeah, you got the final wording, but it was based off something I said. And plus, everybody's got to sign off. So to me, that's the all take ownership of it. I got to sign off on that melody. I didn't create it, but yeah. I got to sign off on it. And I'll speak into it. Like, oh, I like this version better, that version, or maybe like a little this vibe, or, you know, I'll speak into it some. I'm not creating it, but I'm helping edit maybe. So I don't think you can break that stuff up. I don't think you can do that because it wouldn't have been the same if all those people hadn't been in the room. And people are influenced in ways maybe we're not even totally aware of. So that's why I love the even splits because it just, it makes for happy home. Everybody's okay. And maybe one day I didn't bring it like I would have liked to, but the next day I may overbring it. And it's all going to kind of even out. It's all going to even out. So we have grace in the moment. 
long-term wins and relationships win. But yeah, if you consistently don't bring it, you're not going to be in those rooms. Eventually, they just won't invite you in because you're not bringing the value, you know, equal value. But we all know that, hey, some days we just have days. It's just one of those days. I'm having a Monday, right? And that all washes out over time. You know, if you're professional and you are good enough, and if you're not professional, not good enough, that's going to bear out too. And you'll just, you'll stop being invited into those rooms. So it takes care of itself. Yeah. So that's what I had to say. So melody writers, don't be scared of lyricists. Lyricists, don't be scared of melody writers. It's, it's even, we're all freaked out by each other, but we need each other. We need a lyric and a melody for commercial music and just have some grace for each other. Communicate, be upfront and be willing to play in the sandbox. Oh, by the way, if you're willing to play in the sandbox, well, I want to thank you for playing in the climb sandbox. I want to give you a gift. It's at uh, songwritingpro.com slash gift. And it's a, my free ebook called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It talks about seven things every lyricist should know. If you want some more dive into the other side of this. And it talks about why you should pitch your own songs and what to, you kind of have a checklist before you pitch a song, consider these questions, that kind of stuff. So just distill some of the stuff I've learned from my, however many years now I've been in the music business. And it's my gift to you. So songwritingpro.com slash gift. And I'd love to share it with you. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Join the Climb community. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. And you get to stay in as long as you're good boys and girls. Leave a rating and review, hopefully five stars. But we read them all on the air. We've had a couple ones, a couple days, yeah. right? Um, and then finally, tell a friend about it. That's the best way to to spread the spread the mm-hmm. news. You know, all the young dudes carry the news. Like, let them know. All right, guys, this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing, and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.